We're talking this morning, um, continuing to learn about our Lord from questions that arose in His ministry. And today we're going to look at the question, why are you so afraid? We all have fears. Sometimes we're terrified of things that really we shouldn't be afraid of. Uh, It was interesting, I looked through a list of phobias and the countless list of these things, but there were a few I pinpointed uh, I wanted to share with you. There's a acousticophobia, which is the fear of noise. And it seems, um, I used to not be this way, but the older I get, and of course the kids like loud music, and I'm one of those parents I said I wouldn't be where the music's just so loud. So I have this fear of noise. And then acrophobia, acrophobia the fear of heights. Um, I can remember just standing somewhere high. And then, now this is really stupid, guys, but there'd be this little voice in me that was saying, wouldn't it be crazy to jump? And I'm like, no! Oh! You know, I'm kind of fight back. I don't know what that's about. Um, and then agatophobia, which is the fear of insanity. And sometimes I tell my wife, look out, it's coming. It's just around the corner. Any moment it could happen. And then agliophobia, which is the fear of pain. And you hear me all the time talk about how I'm allergic to pain. I, I don't like it. Um, matter of fact, I was telling somebody this morning, I said, you know, I, I don't think God wants me to have a, a terminal painful disease. Agliophobia, obviously you guys don't have that. It's fear of church. You're here. But some do. Then ecophobia, the fear of home. What's that about? Uh, gammophobia, the fear of marriage. I've got a buddy I grew up with that uh, must have that. He's still single. Uh, Galeophobia, fear of laughter. I don't have that. I love love to laugh. And this last one, I really do, guys. I have a fear of this. Uh, Most of you know, one of my routines that I really enjoy, I just have always loved exercise. I get up, go to the Y. Sometimes I'll see Tivis there. And I love to go... um, work out the weights for 20 minutes and then go play basketball or whatever. But one of the areas I really focus on that 20 minutes is uh, my dad had about five chins. And I really have this fear of having a host of chins. And uh, there's actually a word for that. It's called geniophobia. And so I spend about three or four, maybe five minutes of that doing this chin machine, man, to try, try to help that. Anyway, it might really be rough if it wasn't for that. You know, laugh about that, but there are other things that do just consume us with worry. Really a fear of illness. Isn't it crazy when you get, I'm mid-40s, and, you know, even at my age, it's like I get a, I get this ache, and it's like, oh, dear Lord, do I have cancer? What is that ache? What is that pain? You know, do I have some disease? Isn't that nuts? But a real... Fear of illness, and probably some of that is because I do know people my age that have cancer and that are struggling from heart pains and the burden that is. And then relationships can cause real worry and anxiety. People we love the most when those relationships are broken, it hurts. I know my mom was one of six kids. And one of those kids... uh, this was years ago. They had uh, grandma had sent some money down there. She's from Florida. Sent some money down to Florida to work on her house, and uh, mom's brother took the money and added on in addition to his house. 
And so the sparks flew, man. And there was all this fighting and my mom would try to stay in the middle and not, which make me like, what? But it was like there was this wedge driven there and I didn't get to know a lot of my uncles and aunts because of that. A lot of regret in years later because family missed out on one another. And it was a burden uh, to my mom who wanted to see all of them. There's even weather-related struggles. Uh, you know, a group of guys love to go help in other parts of the country that have been hit by hurricanes and tornadoes and floods and with the disaster relief. And boy, there's some real pain there on people who lose... You know, you look in some of these areas where hurricanes and storms have hit and they'll never be able to adequately rebuild so that it will be like it once was. Insurance is not going to cover those things and many people just lose what was once precious to them. It's gone. So there's these senses of, of worries. And sometimes life's just not fair or it doesn't go the way we want. Um in Sunday school this morning, I was in a men's class and Ken was teaching. He used an example. Another example, but I think his fits better. He was talking about the, this, all this March Madness with basketball and they had this game with some of the uh, top players and they, on purpose, made a bunch of bad calls to see how the players would react, to see their character. And sometimes our rules aren't part of the game. Sometimes God works in ways that we don't expect And it brings great anxiety to us. We're going to look this morning in Mark chapter 4, verse 35 to the end of the chapter. As we see a storm and we find Jesus there. As we think of the question, are you afraid? We must remember that Jesus is there. I'm going to ask you when you find that, Mark 4, 35-41. We stand in God's honor, as I want to read aloud from the Scriptures. That day when evening came, He said to His disciples, Let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took Him along, just as He was in the boat. There were also other boats with Him. A furious squall came up and The waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke Him and said to Him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm. He said to His disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey Him. Let's pray. Father, how precious it is to be here today, to be reminded that no matter where we are and no matter what we face, that You are there, that we are never alone. Father, that the fears that we have are never victorious over You. For you have overcome the world, and we are to be of good cheer. Father, I just pray as we look at this account, just remind us, Lord, that you're there in the midst of the trial with us, God. Thank you for loving us, and I just ask that you would speak, Father, that 
people would hear beyond what even I'm able to say, that Your Holy Spirit would minister to us, God. As in one way or another, we've all been associated with trials or maybe in the midst of a tough one now. Father, guide us. In Your name we pray. Amen. It was a it was a tough time for Jesus. He was a busy guy. Why? Because he loved people. And people need to be loved. And so people flocked to Jesus. They came from everywhere for different reasons. There were such deep needs in their lives that they would crowd around Jesus. But it was exhausting. I mean, to, to meet people's needs, to people who come with illnesses and to see people healed and, and the energy and, and the, the, the joy and the excitement. It's all great, but it takes, takes life, takes strength. Jesus cast demons out of others who were controlled by the evil side. He taught as no one else can teach. But at the end of the day, although He's fully God, He still has the earth suit. He's still fully human. And so he was completely worn out. And when evening came, he said to his disciples, let's go over to the other side. I love the way Vance Havner used to put it. He used to say, come apart or you'll come apart. And it was time for Jesus with his frail humanity to come apart from the crowd for a while. Now, this excited the disciples because, man, they were out of their element. Of course, who wouldn't be with the Son of God, healing the crowds, teaching with authority, uh, driving out demons. And then here you're there. Wow, you know, what do I do? do Am I going to mess this up, Lord? Don't let me mess this up, okay? Don't let me mess up this moment for all these people. There's all that pressure. And suddenly he says to these guys, many of them whose comfort zone was being on a boat, was being in the sea, he says, then let's go the other side. And I can just see him saying, oh yeah, now, I don't know anything about some of this, but I know about the sea and I know about boats and this is going to be relaxing. Now, you know, sometimes we get the idea it was some little rowboat they got in, but I mean, it had to hold at least 13 people. So it had to be a decent-sized vessel. They climbed into the ship. They prepared to go. And it says, verse 6, Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was. In the boat, there are also other boats with him. Jesus has been leading all day, and they've been there beside him to assist him. But I love here the turn, they took him along. Jesus, who was physically worn out with his human limitations, and they took him along. They were excited. They had a chance. Jesus, the master, allowed them to lead, to, to carry him. As, as they headed out on the boats, in that comfort zone, preparing to relax, they had no idea that what lay ahead was a storm. You know, sometimes it's like that. The place where you feel most comfortable, the place where you can relax, is the place where the storm will appear. And it appeared on the Sea of Galilee. Now, the Sea of Galilee's not that large. It's only 13 feet long and eight miles wide. But it sits down 700 feet below sea level. So the actual sea where the water is is much warmer than the land that surrounds the sea. 
because of the high cliffs. But because of that, being seated down in a, in a bowl, let's say, winds can often come down from the top. And when those cold winds collide with the warm air near the sea, it's not unusual for storms. And that's what happened. They were out on that calm sea. They were relaxing. They were enjoying it. And out of nowhere came this major wind, this storm. Uh, the literal word could be used of earthquake. There was this tremor, this shaking that terrified them. Notice, it says, A furious squall came up. The waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. See, boats are supposed to be in the water, not water in the boat. So this water in the boat, man, it was a frightening time out there in the sea. Afraid of turning over on this this crazy, furious storm. And they didn't know what to do. They began to panic. Began to freak out. And so, in their anxiety, they looked for Jesus. And there He was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. What a sight. In the middle of the storm. There's our Lord asleep on a cushion in a deep, sound sleep. You know, did Jesus snore? I wouldn't call snore sin, although some of us might think so if we're trying to sleep and we can't. But regardless, He was in that kind of sleep. He wasn't worried about the storm. You know, when I think of this, I always think of the story with my dad, which my family's probably tired of hearing, but I'll share with you. Uh, my dad worked three jobs when I was growing up, and he was always working, and, and so I really enjoyed the time I was able to be with him. But one thing about dad, he was always on the go, so if he ever sat down in a chair, he was instantly asleep. When he sat down in that chair, it was, you know, that was you just knew that was going to happen. Well, we had ordered a pizza one day. Um, several of my friends were at the house, and mom and we ordered this pizza, and dad... Came in, he saw the pizza, he sat down in a chair, and a few seconds later, he was sound asleep. I mean, he was asleep. And so knowing how Dad was, I, I turned to him, even though I knew he was asleep, and I said, Dad, you want some pizza? And he goes... <laughs> so I reached over and I took out a big piece of pizza and I handed it to him. And he ate it. You've heard of sleepwalking? This was sleep eating. He sat there and he ate the pizza while he was asleep. I'm t- I, it's the truth. And what was really funny too, after this was all over and we're all laughing, we're amazed. I guess our laughter woke him up. And he woke up and he saw the pizza box and that there were no pizza in it. And he got mad and he said, you didn't even offer me any of that pizza? And we said, Dad, you ate some of it. He didn't even know. Jesus was in a deep sleep, not... Not overcome by the worry of the storm. But as he looked at his disciples, he saw their fear. He he saw their anxiety. And there's no indication here that his rebuke, because he talks about rebuking them, was that he raised his voice and screamed at them in anger. He didn't do that. But notice what he does. He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, quiet, be still. And then an amazing thing happened. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. What a sight. How could you deny who he was 
after that event. He said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey Him. See, they were brave on land. They were brave when they listened to Jesus teach, when they heard Him explain the truths of God. But now that it was on the job training and they were in the middle of the storm, they were forgetting the lessons that they heard at the feet of Jesus when it was time to put them into practice. And they were paralyzed by fear. We're not a lot different though, are we? When the trial comes, when the storm rears its ugly head, we become afraid. And we don't understand. God, why are you allowing me to suffer? Why are you allowing me to hurt and to face this storm and this crazy trial? Philip Brooks, a beloved preacher, one day one of the church people saw him in his office and he was pacing back and forth in front of his books, as many books as library. And uh, this uh, congregant asked him, what's wrong? What's wrong, Pastor Brooks? And he said, I'm in a hurry and God is not. Haven't you felt like that? I'm in a hurry, but God is not. There are times where we want God to to do what we want Him to do. We have it all figured out. We have it planned. We know how it can be fixed. But He's the one that has the resources. All He has to do is agree with us. Sign on the dotted line and the contract is in effect, dear Lord. But Lord, you choose not to work that way. And it's painful and it brings the fears and it brings the anxiety and we forget to trust Him that He can calm the storm at the time He chooses. It's just that often He doesn't choose our time. The story says that Einstein visited Worthmore College years ago. They had a dinner in his honor. And after they had this meal, he, you know, he was supposed to speak. So Einstein stands up and he says, Ladies and gentlemen, I'm very sorry, but I have nothing to say at this time. And he sits back down. So, you know, nobody knows what to do. They're just, okay. So then a couple minutes later, he stands back up and he says, But if at a later time I do have something to say, I would like to come back and say it. And that was it. He sat down, the meeting was over, and everybody went home. And then six months later, he called the president of Swarthmore College and said, I, I now have something to say. Do you mind if I come back and, and say it? So he came back and he shared some very moving words. Because it was time to say it. God speaks in His time. Not always in my time. There's a song uh, called More Power To You. Lewis last week was talking about listening to Petra and brought back a long time ago days the group Petra, if some of you know who that is. Uh, Christian music group. They had this one song I, I really used to enjoy. It was called More Power To You. I'll read just a couple lines from the song. You say you've been feeling weaker. Weaker by the day. You say you can't make the joy of your salvation stay. But good things come to them that wait, not to those who hesitate. 
So hurry up and wait upon the Lord. I always love that line. So hurry up and wait upon the Lord. You see, uh, there are simply some things that you and I cannot fix. That only God alone is able to fix. Because, quite frankly, it's impossible for man, but not impossible for God. And the toughest thing in the world for some of us is to is to say, Okay, God, I guess I'm just going to have to wait on you. That doesn't mean we don't continue to strive to do our best and to do what we know. But the truth is, sometimes we just don't know and we have to trust Him. The Bible says we live by faith, we walk by faith, not by sight. A couple of insights here, a couple of thoughts as we wait when God's silent. Number one, refuse to allow yourself to be controlled by the situation. Turn off the controls when it tries to control you. It's so easy to become so paralyzed by our fears and our anxieties that we begin to let that control us instead of resting in the Lord. It's easy to get, it's easy to get there. Someone has said, um, a man wrapped up in himself is a small package. And, you know, why pity parties, are nobody wants to go. Nobody likes somebody just stuck in pity, you know, self-pity. Um, so try not to let it control you. Number two, Remind yourself of what you believe and what you know. You see, they forgot the words of Jesus in the storm. Once the storm occurs, remember God, His promises, and rest there. Stand on His promises, trust Him. And third, replace with fear of the seen, faith in the unseen. Martin Luther said, The only saving faith is that which casts itself on the living God for life and death. As I thought of this message, I thought of the hymn that sometimes on Wednesday nights, you know, we just have people just make requests. What do you want to sing? And we'll sing those. And one of the songs is often picked. Actually, was inspired by this account in the life of Jesus Christ, the Scripture. It's called "Till the Storm Passes By." You're, you're familiar with it, but I think the words fit perfect with this. In the dark of the midnight, have I oft hid my face? While the storm howls above me and there's no hiding place. Mid the crash of the thunder, precious Lord, hear my cry. Keep me safe till the storm passes by. Till the storm passes over, till the thunder sounds no more. Till the clouds roll forever from the sky. Hold me fast, let me stand in the hollow of thy hand. Keep me safe till the storm passes by. Many times Satan whispered, There's no need to try, for there's no end of sorrow. There's no hope by and by. But I know thou art with me, and tomorrow I'll rise, where the storms never darken the skies. Till the storm passes over, till the thunder sounds no more. Till the clouds roll forever from the sky. Hold me fast, let me stand in the hollow of thy hand. Keep me safe till the storm passes by. When the long night is ended and the storms come no more, let me stand in thy presence on that bright, peaceful shore. In that land where the tempest never comes, Lord, may I dwell with thee when the storm passes by. Till the storm passes over, till the thunder sounds no more, till the clouds roll forever from the sky. Hold me fast, let me stand in the hollow of thy hand. Keep me safe till the storm passes by.
hard to do. You know, as, as I close, I want to share an old mountain poem. Uh, hadn't really discovered till this week as I was preparing this message. It's called, What You Gonna Do? I don't know if you've heard it or not, but uh, it's, it's great stuff. What you gonna do if the river overflows? Well, I'm gonna sit on the porch and watch her go. What you gonna do when all the hogs drown? I'm gonna wish I lived on higher ground. What you gonna do when the cows float away? I'm gonna toss them a bell of hay. What you gonna do with the water in the room? I'm gonna sweep her out with a sedge straw broom. What you gonna do when the cabin leaves? I'm going to sit on the roof and straddle the eaves. What you going to do when your hole gives way? I'm going to say, Howdy, Lord, it's judgment day. Guys, that's the one trial that we better be ready for. Because it's real. Judgment day approaches. And there's only one way to find peace in the storm. It's by the same Lord who said, Peace be still. He died on a cross. He said, It is finished. And He paid the price for the judgment that all of us deserve. And it's the greatest tragedy of all for anyone here to leave without placing their confident trust on the one who wants to forgive. That's true. Anxiety, that's something really to worry about, is to miss God and His provision. And so I would be amiss if as I close this message and I talk about how we don't have to live in fear that we are forgiven, I would be amiss if I did not ask you to search your heart to make sure that you have trusted Jesus Christ to be your Lord, to be your Savior, and to place your life in the hope that He forgives. Because if you miss that, all these things you worry about now, they're trivial compared to what awaits. But if you have Him in your life, no matter what you face, you have hope. Let's pray. Father, we are grateful for You loving us, that we can be here today to celebrate You. Thank You for the joy of this group of people who are Yours I just enjoy being with Him, God. It's a great group of people. Father, part of what makes it good is You have made it that way, Lord, by changing us and forgiving us and giving us a desire and longing to be here to worship You, the living God. Father, just work in us, Lord. Just help us to see You're there in the storm and that You're ready to say, Peace, be still. You may choose to let the storm rage a lot longer than we want. But Father, You are there. And I just pray, Father, that You help us to look for You. Lord, if there is anyone here who needs to come to Christ this morning to find forgiveness and to find mercy and to find hope no matter what storm awaits, Father, now's the time. May they come. May they say yes to You. May they follow You and... And, and just let you be the Lord. Father, we just want you to work this morning. We want to see you praised, God. Uh, help us to be obedient 
to come forth as you call us, Lord. Whether it's to pray at this altar or to come before your people for a specific decision. Father, may we just obey. Thank you for this opportunity. We love you, Lord. Work among us in this time that we have set aside for you to to move our hearts. In your name we pray. Amen.